You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Dan Locke. He immigrated to Vancouver from Hong Kong at 14 with a thick accent and a single mother. Dan quickly became the invisible kid, dropping out of college to make money to support his family. He started chasing shiny dimes in businesses which had him nearly bankrupt. Too busy making money the hard way, Dan missed the opportunity to see his father one last time before he died. After 13 failed online businesses, he became a self-made millionaire at 27. Today, he's one of the biggest legends in the online education space with more than 15 million downloads a month of his content in over 170 countries. So I could continue to go on, but I want to leave a little bit for the interview. So welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate it. And, and I think I still have a little bit of that accent. <laughs> no, it's, it's, you speak very, very well. So I'm impressed. How many, so you, that was 13 years ago, about 13? I immigrated when I was 14 years old. And then now I've been, yeah, I've been here like in Vancouver, like forever now. <laughs> yeah, it seems like forever, right? Yes. Awesome. Vancouver, I have not been there. It's on the bucket list, but I've heard it's absolutely gorgeous. It's very similar to uh, Seattle and the great, like, yeah, we have great ski mountains, which is like very close by to my place. And then we have the, it's a great combination of nature and urban, which is, it's very, very nice combination. Mm-hmm. You can awesome. go up to the mountain and ski, or you can do hiking, which is very well known, or you can go to just go to the downtown, go to the city and enjoy the city life. So I love it. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, listen, today you are going to talk to us about how to rapidly scale your business idea. But before yes. we dig into that, before we dig into that, give us a little bit of a backstory, fill in the cracks, give us a couple of minutes here, and then we're going to dive in because we got a lot to talk about in a short period of time. So Fill in the blanks a little bit up to this point, and then we'll dig in. Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, so I immigrated to Canada when I was 14 years old uh, from Hong Kong. And then my uh, mom and dad actually got divorced when I was 16 years old. And as the only child in my family, I had to learn to, to grow up, to, to mature, to be the man, to care of the family at a very young age. And shortly after that, uh, one, about one year later after the divorce, my dad actually went bankrupt in Hong Kong. And that left him about a million dollars in debt, U.S. dollars. And that pretty much wiped him out in, in terms of financially, emotionally. He was never the same man after that. And he never recovered from that. And so for a year, very young age, I had to take care of my family. And because of that, I knew I couldn't do that just working at a, a job because I wasn't doing very well in school. I was like a C student, right? And other things. And I just, I, I couldn't find an area that I could excel in. I was talking with my uncle one day, who's a businessman. He said, you know, Dan, you're, you're not very good looking. So, you know, actor, acting, <laughs> anything, but like that is out. 
you're very short and you're kind of slow. So you're not going to be an athlete. So that is out. You know, you're kind of average, not so smart. I think business is the way to go. So, so that is it. <laughs> you're a businessman. And here we are. I am become a businessman. So, and because business is about people, it's about surrounding yourself with a good group of people, smart people to actually build something together. And that's what I've done. So at a very young age, I have always been very entrepreneurial. My entire life, I've only worked for one, I've only had one job for one year, my entire life. Right. Uh, so I've never, I've always worked for myself. I've always been very entrepreneurial, very innovative, creative. And, and so I went online, of course, early on, very early. I went online in 2004, back then, started doing business, was selling things. I was actually importing Bruce Lee collectibles from Hong Kong and selling them on eBay because <laughs> I'm a Bruce Lee fan. And that's how I kind of got online. And from there, I did a, we did a lot of different things, of course, throughout the journey. Back then, you know, I was marketing. Online, I don't know if you heard it, like, like uh, Overture, right? Like first pay-per-click search engine, Yahoo yep. directory. That's how early that was, right? So from there, we just go on and, and here we are today. We have a you know, pretty, pretty big organization with now students in over 150 countries. It's amazing when you look back at the progression of your career where you started yes. And, you know, where some of your successes and some of the failures and what it took to get here, right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's that overnight success story, right? It took, well, you it took 10 most, years to become an overnight success. Oh, right? yeah. You look at most entrepreneurs, the ones who are successful, where a lot of them, if you study, they actually, they are successful in terms of at a very much later age. Like you have to young, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, all that, but most entrepreneurs are successful at like 40 in the 50s because it took them so many years to learn how business works, develop that leadership skill. So myself, I'm fortunate, like I'm now 37 years old, like I accomplished quote unquote success at a, at a younger age, but that's, that's like not, that's not common at all. So I'm, I'm fortunate. I, I fail fast, learn from my mistakes. And I was just having a meeting with my team. So we're just talking about like who like encouraging the team to make more mistakes. I say, you know who makes the most, most mistakes in this company? Me, right? I, I've made more mistakes as a CEO, as a leader than anybody else on the team because we take risks and I make also still, like not all decisions are correct, right? But that's how, that, that's how we grow. So still, like I, I'm continually to learn, continue to, to want to be better uh, as a CEO, as a leader, uh, as, a, as an ed- educator as well. So it's all, it's fail forward fast, right? Yeah, fail exactly. Fast. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for 20, over 25 years. And what you just said really resonated with me because I tell everybody the first 10 years of my career, I got bucked off the horse. And the yeah. last 15 years, I finally learned how to ride that sucker. Yeah. And it's been fortunate because it's been very profitable. Yeah. And, then, and then the sucker gets faster. Like how do you not, not fall off again, right? Exactly. Like how do you hang on to that? Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. It, awesome. I think, yeah. So I totally agree. It's, it, that's why people, they look at entrepreneurship where, you see on social media, oh, they, they think it's like, I'm going to start this business. It's going to be successful in two, three years. It's not like that at all. They have to have a long-term view. It takes decades to be good. Right? Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that's the right expectation to set for people when they're starting a business because you get a lot of this you know, dollar and a dream lottery mentality that people apply, try to apply to the business world. And it, it's just not productive because when they don't have quick success, you know, they fold up their cards and they quit and, and they probably, you know, it's like the old book, you know, three feet from gold, right? They were probably not that far away from having some success and they quit just a little too early because they had some negative expectations. So a hundred percent, I agree. Awesome. Well, listen, 
tell me a little bit, you, you've grown rapidly. Tell me a little bit about your business, whether you want to share it. I don't care whether it be revenue or employees or percentage growth or something. Give us a sense of the scale of your business because you way beyond six, I'm assuming seven, maybe even eight figures in your business. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Even for ClickFunnel, we last year on like the, if you're familiar with ClickFunnel, we have, we won the um, eight figure award for the funnel hacking event. I was on, on stage and people think about, oh, you know, it's such a, a big deal. It's actually not, not that big of a deal. It's just one funnel, right? So today our company's grown quite rapidly. We have quite different divisions, but you know, it's, so in just one funnel with ClickFunnels, you generated eight figures. So that's not even touching your entire business and yeah, it's different like ventures you're involved with. So it's, a, so it's definitely a healthy eight-figure business. So congratulations on that. Well, listen, before we dig into the content, I want to ask you one more little micro question about your business. And that's this, you know, what's working now? If you had to pick one strategy, yes. it's allowing you to get new customers for your business, right? I mean, I'm sure you have a variety of different things going on. I know you're using ClickFunnels. What would that one strategy be? What would that thing that you would double down and let everything go to the side other, other than that one strategy? I think now a lot of people, they talk about it's the latest tricks, right? Latest gimmicks. or is it this platform? Is it this social media? And all that is good to get. I think you need to get attention because attention is new currency. But how I've been able to grow my company, believe it or not, Dennis, is this. It's simple, good old here, 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 this, good old phone. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Because as we grow, most people, they, I don't know, even tech company, a lot of companies, they forget the best way to connect with another customer and a human being is the good old telephone. So we've been able to scale because we take all those attention and we have people on the phone. And I don't mean like, because people hear this, well, Danny talking about being a slimy like salesperson and all that, cold calling and all that. We don't do that stuff. What I'm very good at is generating leads through inbound, but then having my closing team on the phone to talk to customers who need our services. That's what we're good at. Like I have a, just for my own product and services, we have a team of 100 people closing, right? That's for, just for me only. And that's what, how we'd be able to scale. And I train those closers. So if when you combine that with social media, I think you've got something very special. Another thing is that in order to scale, most companies, they don't scale because they're afraid to spend. I mean, Dennis, think about it. You talk to most business owners. When I sit down with them, I ask them, well, what's your marketing budget? Most of them, they would think, first of all, the smaller business, they would say, well, I got none, right? right. I don't have any money to spend. Okay. Or the ones that lead a bit better, they might say, well, I want to spend you know, 5% of our revenue as a marketing budget. Those two answers are all wrong. Because in order to scale, you don't go into the marketplace and thinking of how can I spend, because you ask them, so how much are you willing to spend on marketing? They would say, how can I spend the least to get the most amount of customers? How do I maximize my return? That's how they think. Well, that thinking limits your growth. Because example, let's say there's this entrepreneur who's my competitor and he's going to the marketplace. He say, you know what? I'm willing to spend $100 to acquire each customer. Hypothetically, if you know the lifetime value of a customer, that's cool. But if I can structure my offer and my business in a way, let's say I've got other programs and the lifetime value is high, I can go into the marketplace and say, hey, I'm willing to spend $1,000 to bring each customer in. Well, in business, whoever can outspend in terms of marketing to acquire each customer, that company is going to win, period. Because I'm able to go on channels that my competitor who is only willing to spend $100, he can't go on. I can grab market share so much faster. I can dominate the marketplace so much faster because I go in and thinking, how could I outspend everybody else not to spend the least, right? It's a very different way of thinking. So my marketing budget, it's, it's unlimited. 
as long as the, the math makes sense, I would spend. And like the number that, that we spend on marketing, it shocks people. It shocks even big companies how much we spend. And so you're more focused on lifetime value of that client mm-hmm. in relation to the customer acquisition cost as Correct. opposed to any sort of a budget. No, because I don't believe in budget. And more than that, if your offer and then a specialized in high ticket, let's say when, you know, there are many ways to make it. Let's say you want to make a million dollars. You can sell something for a dollar, sell to a million people. You can make a million dollars, right? Or you can sell something for $10,000. You need a lot fewer sales. Or you sell something for $100,000. You only need 10 sales. And what I notice is it doesn't necessarily take more effort to sell something at $10,000 versus selling something at $100. In some cases, it takes less effort. It depends on who you sell to and how you structure your offer. So right. if you understand that, then if I have more profit margin to play with on the front end as well as the back end, then you can go in there. And that gives you such an edge in the marketplace. Because if you go in the marketplace, all the entrepreneurs know, well, if you go in in terms of, I want to compete on price, well, you live by price, you die by price. That is not a sustainable advantage because anybody can come in and say, hey, you sell it for 100, I'll sell it for 95. Well, you sell for 95, I'll sell for 90. Whatever advantage you have in terms of getting the customers, someone can come in there and just totally take that away from you, right? Yeah, that makes total sense. So well, I, listen, I, that's my philosophy. Know, I think we dove into it a little bit early, but I, I'm glad we did because it'll probably accelerate the conversation. I know you've got a lot to cover. So you were going to unpack this, how to rapidly scale your business idea. And I think we touched on some of it in the previous topic here. But could you unpack that for us? Give my audience a little bit of a framework of how they could start learning how to do this. And then maybe they can grab onto some of your information later to try to expand on that and get them going in the right direction. Because I totally agree. Being the cheapest is a surefire way to go broke. Yeah, sure. And plus, think about if you want to provide a better experience for people, then it's very difficult when you don't have the profit to do it, right? Yeah. So so more profits you make, the higher profit margin. because business. As you know, this, Dennis, this is not a game of volume. It's a game of margins, right? So you could be talking about, oh, you know, we do X amount of volume, X amount of revenue. Well, it doesn't mean anything. You, you, can't, like, you, can't, you can't go to the bank and deposit revenue, right? <laughs> you deposit cash. So you have to have the profit margin to play with. So I believe if you want to scale, if you think of a triangle, there's three important components. The first is what I call a, a high ticket offer. Right or high converting offer, you know, high ticket, but also high offer that's converting well. Right, any business startup, even a business that's in in the growth curve, the most important thing you have to figure out is how do you make that first profitable sale. That's the first question. Not how good your product is, not all this. How could you make that first profitable sale? Because because once you can crack that code, that's the very first, the most important step in terms of scale. So high ticket, uh, high converting offer, and then the second is you need closers. So in my case, it's high-tech closers. You need to have closers being to get on the phone and actually talk to customers and see if they're the right fit for what we do. That's very, very critical. So and the then, first, first part of it was having a, a high-converting offer. Now, that might be coming from organic traffic. That might be coming from testing a little bit of paid traffic. That could yes. come from a variety of different sources. Obviously, yes. converting means you know, you're capturing a little, more, little bit more money or a lot more money than you were paying for that customer. Yeah, for, and from my perspective, organic is good. And uh, we do, I mean, we, we have a very strong social media presence. But the way I look at it is if you cannot crack the pay model, you will not be able to scale. Gotcha. Okay, so right. you do need to convert over. That offer does need to convert on a paid model through some channel, Facebook, some, YouTube. Some, exactly, YouTube, Instagram, some, LinkedIn, something where it's, 
So it's almost look at the organic side. It's like icing on the cake. It's nice. It's like it's acquiring customers at a very little cost, but you do spend time because you only invest time on money, right? Right. But when you're in terms of money, then you can say, I can write, because basically you sit down with any business owner. They say, okay, I want these customers and they're worth this much to me. And how much am I willing to spend to get each customer's in the door? Then you just need to write that check. Right, it, it's it's yeah. really that question. So I like to think of it's acquiring that customer, buying that customer in the door, right? And that, that once you know the numbers, then everything is so much easier because then it's just numbers, right? Okay, are you willing to spend five hundred bucks to bring a customer in? How many, how many, how many of those do you want to buy? Right. Give me five thousand. Give me five hundred, right? Gotcha. So yeah. part one is that high converting offer. Part two is having a team of closers to get on the phone with those leads to try yeah. to qualify and see if they're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for them. 100%. To, you know, to put them in a... And, and, and that, 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 that to me, it's like one of my, my secret, big, like part of my biggest secrets where I have a very, very good team of closers being, and also the way I structure my business, being able to close, being able to scale. Because then when I scale in terms of the traffic on the front end, I could scale, which is just running more ads, more exposure. And then on the, on the back end closers, then I just need to add people, right? And to do that, it doesn't, like on my, on my part, it doesn't require more effort if that makes sense, right? I do what I do, but because of these two things, it has to feel to the engine. Now your business would, would just like skyrocket. It's, 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 it's night and day. Like I'm not talking about five, 10% growth. I'm talking about hundreds of percent. Of- so you need to learn how to scale both the converting offer with your paid traffic, but you also need to learn how to scale your closers on the other side because you've got to have a team there. I'll share a funny story with you and you'll love this. So I was stuck in terms of growth. I've got all this figure out. I could not find good enough salespeople to get on the phone and close. That's a common experience, right? I mean, that's common in business owners. And here's what happens. So I would do what, let's say, Dennis, let's say you, you need salespeople. What do you do? How do you find them right now? If you were to find somebody. If I needed salespeople, I would do yep. probably one of three things. I would get referrals from people that I know. Okay. That, you know, get referrals from people that I know. I would tap into my existing network of people that I've worked with before. Smart. I would, last thing I would do is place a job offer, right? That's the last thing I would do. Um, yes. Probably yes. because those are, that's, you know, that's a diamond in the rough trying to find, trying to you're, find. You're, you're way smarter than me because all I did was I was running ads. Right, yeah. I was placing job offers. I get all these people applicants, and I go through a gazillion resumes. And finally, I find like a few that okay, that kind of looks okay. You go and interview them, and then they turn out to be not good because salespeople sometimes a lot of them they could be. That's what makes them good salespeople, right? They're sometimes not the most organized people on the planet. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Emotional sometimes ups and downs. So right. I spend this months trying to find some people. Turns out doesn't work. Guess what? I could start all over again, the process. Yep. So that just wastes months, years of my time, number one. Second is this. I bring on someone which I could close because I've been closing for my entire life, right? So I bring them on and I train them and I train them real good. And then guess what happens next? They leave. That's right. Because I train them so good, they now go work for somebody else. Right. So I'm like, this is stupid. Right, this, 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 there's something wrong with this model here. Yeah, it's a leaky I, bucket, man. Yeah, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, what could I do? So I came up with the idea. You know what? Instead of paying someone, training them, I'm gonna get paid to train. So then I'm gonna create my own training program, which I call the high tech closer. I have people taking this program. I'm training them, 
They are my students, and I pick the best students and invite them to join my team. That changed my model completely because now I have the best people. And plus, on top of that, now anyone who needs closers, all my all my entrepreneurs, friends, and all that, they all come to me because they have exactly the same issue, right? Well, Dan, I need closers to scale. Well, what, where do you find them? I've got I got thousands of closers of 150 countries that I've personally trained. They've gone through my program that I trained them right. So now I've got this army that I can mobilize. That's totally different than just when you need it and then you try to find it and that, that process just doesn't work, right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So you created them and you got paid along the way to do it, which is awesome. Yep. And that says yep. a lot about the person that's, that you're the closer or the salesperson because they're willing to invest their that's own correct. money, their hard money. You know, it wasn't just, hey, they applied for a job and they threw in their resume and they're like, ah, maybe I'm going to check this out. These guys got skin in the game, whether they got hundreds the, or even thousands of dollars. And the, and the funny thing is people who go through my program, go through XTC, most of them are not salespeople. They're not sales. They don't have a sales background. They're from people from all walks of life. I have students, like my youngest student, 14 years old, closing. 14 years old, no joke, closing high ticket sales on the phone. I don't even know how it's legal to get paid, but probably is. He gets paid some, in some way. Shape, <laughs> Making right? checks out to his dad, probably. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's in Europe, though. It's not in the US. So, and yeah. then I have, like, I'm talking engineer, doctors, like, from all walks of life. So they see this as a skill that they could do full-time or part-time basis to supplement their income, but it, it changes everything. It changes. Like, so I get my best people not from the sales pool. I get it from all, all kinds of professions, right? And when you, keep, when you teach them, and sales at the end of closing, it's communication. Once they know how to ask questions, how to connect with people, like it's not about, oh, I have to be aggressive. I have to be like, you know, like the snake oil salesman. No, I, I, we don't do any of that. That doesn't work anyway. Like when you're selling high ticket, that kind of sales tactics, like the traditional sales tactics, they, they don't work. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think there's some misconception in the industry about that. I really do. You know, and I don't, and I truly believe because I did my research before I, you know, before we sat down and did this interview and I see what you're doing and yeah. it really is amazing. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's not the snake oil. It's not the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Alec Baldwin, no, no, always no. be closing, beat him no. over the head with the club you know, at any cost. Because, because consumers nowadays, they are so sophisticated. There's so many choices. Yeah, like you're educated I, than ever, right? I ever, mean, ever, educated ever, buyers ever, ever. So when you go on the phone, like, Hey, you know, how are you, sir? You know, like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, it's like, you don't, you want to hang up. You don't want to talk, but right. people do love to, like people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Right. Right. They do want to buy. But when it comes to anything like a major buying decision, that's like a significant investment. They want someone to kind of walk them through it. They want someone to ask questions and understand their needs. I always say, you know what? People buy not because they understand what you sell. People buy because they feel understood. And how do you establish that connection? How do you understand your prospect? When you can do that, like I teach all my students at first, they say, oh, oh Dan, you're going to teach us how to close, right? Give us a closing line. I said, Actually, Yeah, the magic you know, script. They all yeah, want the magic this. script. Yeah, I said, no, you know, if you do it properly and you connect at the end, you don't need to ask. Like, you don't, need to, oh, would you like to buy now, sir? No, no, no. You don't need that. They would want to buy. They would be asking you, so how do I move forward? What, what do I need to do? Like, they would be asking you. That's when you know you're a good closer. Perfect. Right? And you good about that. So, uh, yeah, the good slimy, all that, I don't, I don't like. That kind of sales techniques, you do it, like, you feel that you're manipulating people. You feel like you want to take a shower afterwards. That, yeah. That, that doesn't work. 
So. Okay, love it. Listen, we talked about how to scale and find closers and hire them and get them on your team so that you can scale you know, yeah. your time and your sales. Let's pivot really quick back to the converting offer. Let's talk about, if you don't mind, tell me what an example of a winning funnel looks like. I mean, you, you were with ClickFunnels. You got an eight-figure award for doing that. This yeah. is how you generate your inbound leads so you can feed your, your machine. Can you draw us a picture of what a winning funnel might look like? You know, say, here's what kind of the ad and then the converting all the way into that, sure. putting it in that salesperson's hand. If we could do that in a couple of minutes, that would be great because I think that's the missing component. You think about, basically, it's like a, a, a three-step. You think about your running ads, your, could be Facebook, could be YouTube, could be Google, whatever platform, even affiliate, from the ad, and then you want to put them through what I call a conversion mechanism. Now, the conversion mechanism could be a number of things. In my case, it's an automated webinar. So, auto webinar is hard, but it's not just webinar. It could be you can have a four-part video series, but this part is where you educate and deliver value up front, right? Instead of like, hey, give me money, and I'll see how this works. No. They put up their hand from the lead generation point of view, from all this vast ocean of social media. You get the attention and say, I want to know a little bit more about this. Okay, great. Let me help you right now. Not after money is transacted. Let me help you right now. Deliver value up front. From there, say, if you want more information, if you want us to help you further, how about we book a time to see what product service that we could help you. So from there, then you drive them to an application or appointment call, right? And I always believe like closing, even now the set, the good, the sell, the telephone, I think it's the telephone it is a phenomenal conversion tool. It is a horrible lead generation tool. I want to differentiate that because I believe like cold calling, like talking to people, trying to drum up business as a lead gen, I think it's, a, it's that model is dying, right? If not, it, if not dead already. Yeah. Like you and I, do you want to be people calling you and say, Hey, you, do you want some of this, sir? Like, No. But I'm about to change my cell phone number because I'm so sick of getting calls. I literally there just, you go right. It's like it's like I've had it for 15 years, but I want to get rid of it right now. But it's so painful because I get crushed with all. There these. you go, right? It's it's yeah. like I don't want to get these like stupid calls. So I think it's a horrible lead generation tool, but a lot of companies still doing it. I think it's a great inbound conversion tool. So yeah. after someone they say it's they the best out. conversion tool because it's 100%. human to human, right? It's people 100%. to people. It's not. They're not just listening to a video, which has power, but it doesn't have that dynamic, no. you know, the, the dynamics and the rapport and, and just the ability to, you know, itch the scratch when it's there, right? And you can, you can answer that question and you can, you can the timing is, is all in your favor when you're on the phone right. with somebody. You have all that advantage. So, so exactly. you talked about having an ad, then you talked about having a ad, conversion, conversion me mechanism. mechanism. Yep. Let's say it could be a webinar, it could be a video series, yep. but something in between. And yep. then only they've gone through this, then you give them an option to book a time with your closers. You mentioned so you an application, dude, because I've done this in the past and I think it works really well for, for segmenting my leads because not all, let's face it, not all leads that go through a webinar are created equal, right? You know, so what I've done in the past is I've put them through an application where it kind of filters them, asks them some questions. I can get a sense of their background, maybe what their income is, maybe what their budget is, maybe what they're trying to achieve. And then I funnel those in different directions to different types of offers based upon that. Does that make sense or is that overcomplicating? No, that's good. That's good. That overcomplicating uh, it? No, no, it's awesome because to me, I don't want anyone to get on the phone unless they're already pre-interested and pre-qualified. Right. Right. So I don't want my salespeople, my closers to do that. I want my marketing and tools and information, like education-based marketing to do that. So I teach a concept called the consumption theory. Meaning that I believe, and this is like rough numbers, right? Well, I'm generalizing this. 
For every thousand dollar you want someone to spend with your company, they need to consume at least one hour of your content. So if you wanted to sell something for ten thousand dollars, think about it. they need about ten hours of content consumption. Now that could be a one hour podcast. It could be a lot of like five, three, five minute segment video and different things that you do. But that's how I see it. If you want someone to spend money with you, so when you get a prospect, they put up their hand. They, if they jump to this too early. They are not qualified, and they are not a good customers and buyers because how they brought in is very, very critical. So I don't even want my closers to talk to anybody unless they've gone through this. And this could be a three-hour process, it could be a thirty-day process, it could be a three-month process, but it doesn't matter. I'm doing so much lead gen to grow. You know what I mean? They all would, they would all mature in different period of time, and that's okay because. That's how you grow your business. Versus, I have to get the lead convert in X amount of days. Again, that limits your growth. Yeah, that very much limits your growth. You got to think of longer term. And now you can have so many people coming into the into your funnel, and then a, a certain percentage would be, hey, you know what? I'm I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to take action now. Great. Then you just work just work with those help those people, right? Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, listen, these last two questions we're going to do rapid fire because time yeah. flew as I knew it would, <laughs> especially with a guy like you. So. What's your favorite growth tool or software? I know you probably have tons of tools. You use ClickFunnels. You use a bunch of different tools. If you had to pick one, what would be that one tool that you, you couldn't do without? Like some kind of application? Yeah, like a software or some sort of an online tool. Well, we, we, we're, doing, we're using very well. I think a Telegram we're using very good to communicate. We also using ClickUp to, to manage. So that's also pretty good for in terms of like project management. So ClickUp and Telegram. Perfect. Okay, great. And what would be one book that you would recommend? I mean, I know your book's coming out. We're going to talk about that for a second. But what would be one book that you would recommend or, you know, that maybe has left a lasting impression on you or helped you along your journey? Well, I recently have been reading a book called uh, Blitz Scaling. Blitz Scaling by the, I believe the founder of LinkedIn. I think that's a phenomenal book in terms of how to, how to scale a company very, very quickly. It's interesting because the book that I, the books I read today are very different from the books I read like three, four, five years ago. Isn't like, it funny? Isn't it funny yeah. how that happens? Yeah. Like three, four years ago, the books is more about marketing sales. I've read thousands of them, right? But now the books I, I, I read mostly about like culture, structure, leader, leadership, I read a lot of leadership books. Biographies. Yeah. But it's about because there's a people, right? My team is growing so big that it's now how do I empower my team? So it's, it's, a, different, it's a different set of problems, right? A yep. different set of challenges. Absolutely. So, but I would say blitz scaling. Love it. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put those notes in the, uh, in the, in the show notes. You're about to release a book. You got a pre-sell going on of your new book. It's called there you Unlock go. It, right? So give us a, tell us a little bit about this book and then let everybody know how they can get a hold of it in pre-sale and then we'll close it out for today. Yeah. So the Unlock It book, I've been working on it. And this is the book. The last time I wrote a book like this was 10 years ago. It was the book F You Money, right? And back then, I think I was more brash, <laughs> more... I couldn't tell by the title. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, would say even, I would say more arrogant, more arrogant for sure. And now, after so many years, almost 10 years later, I wrote this book. This is my latest insights in terms of... Because now I'm more mature, more, more refined, I would say. Hopefully more sophisticated as a person that I've, I've learned a lot more just about life and business. And you can see just from, from the book, it's published by Forbes Books. And I'm very proud of this because this is a book that I believe that if, I, if you were asking me before, before the show, if I have any kids, right? 
when I do have kids, I'm like, you know what, son, daughter, read this. This is what I want you to understand in terms of the principles, how to be successful in life and how to also be successful in business, but not just in business, not just financial terms, but how, how to actually be a successful person. So that's what I recommend. Unlock it. Love it. Where can they get it in pre-order? They could get it, go to www.theunlockitbook.com. That's T-H-E, uh, unlockitbook.com. They could get a, get a copy, pre-order. And it's all will be, it'll also be available on Amazon later on. But if you don't want to get a copy before, before anybody else, theunlockitbook.com. Love it. I'll make sure I put that, that link also in the show notes so everybody can just click and order. And hey, listen, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I uh, I'd heard a lot about you prior to booking you here, and I'm, I'm super excited that you came on. I appreciate it. And hey, listen, you know, have an awesome day, and I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. You got it. Appreciate it. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.